Raw Truth podcasts may contain explicit, sensitive, and questionable content. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual podcaster and are not based on the advice of a licensed psychologist, therapist, or other medical professional. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Women's lives follow many paths, twists and turns, and choices never planned nor expected. In life, temptation, anger, depression, and loneliness can lead a good person to make a choice that they can't take back. When facing judgment and isolation, a person can feel very alone. In this podcast, you will hear stories from women who made the choice to cheat on their spouses or partners. Hear their stories. This is Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. An anonymous and no-judgment podcast created and hosted by me, Rebecca Adams. I was an unfaithful wife. You are not alone. Hello and welcome to Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. This is Rebecca. Hope everybody is doing well. Before we get started with today's story, I wanted to share you with you a new review that popped up on Apple Podcasts. And I actually shared it on my Facebook page. And, and I was a little confused about the review. It wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It wasn't, you know, it was just very, it's very interesting. But I wanted to share it because I appreciate this person's, this person's points. So this was from April 11th of this year, 2023. It's titled Excellent Perspectives. And I got four stars. I love the content of this podcast. I think it's important for others to see that they're not alone in their relationship issues and to normalize being unsatisfied with your life and taking responsibility for your own happiness. As one letter writer put it, after narrating each submission, the presenter will then talk for quite a while, asking questions, giving her opinion, and even making medical suggestions, which made me look at the radio funny. That really isn't appropriate if you're not a licensed counselor, therapist, psychiatrist, or a doctor. I wonder what it would be like to partner with a professional and take that analysis to another level or at least provide some additional context. Might be pretty cool. I find this podcast extremely interesting, and I'm a little confused about what it actually is. The stories are read somewhat theatrically, featuring background music and the presenter taking on a very soft, almost breathy voice, actress-type voice. Or maybe that's her actual voice? Who knows? It can be distracting because as I listen, I start to feel like I'm listening to some sort of an audiobook or radio drama. Is it just about sharing the stories, giving people support and advice, analyzing relationship dynamics? I'll keep listening and figure it out. Would recommend. So I do appreciate a lot. And if you're listening um, and you're the one that wrote this, first of all, thank you for, for putting up a review. I really appreciate it. And I I wanted to kind of answer some of your questions or concerns. Um, at the beginning of the podcast, I always put on a disclaimer that none of this is based on uh, the opinion of a licensed psychologist, psychiatrist, therapist. But I am a certified infidelity recovery specialist or coachish, if you put it, which I know coaches probably are like, yeah, whatever. But no, I had to go through a lot of training to 
be able to talk about a lot of the things that I do. And a lot of it also has to do with my own history. As far as medical advice, I don't think I give medical advice. If I did, then that was probably not intended because I am not a doctor. And I will say, hey, I'm no whatever, but you might want to consider seeing a therapist for that. Or you might need to go, you should go check some, go see a doctor. But I am not a medical advice. So I don't think that that, I do that. God, I hope not. And also, I have to giggle. This is my voice. And <laughs> and it's funny you talk about theatrical voice. I actually do audible books as well, audiobooks. And I've done some pretty darn dirty ones as well. And they can be found on Audible or iTunes. Um, and so I don't intentionally try and make everything sound sexy. But what I try and do is put emotions behind these stories. I am doing my best to present it in a way that these women are feeling. Or even on the Patreon, how the men are feeling. Obviously, I have to do it with a female voice. But... Um, I'm doing it. I don't want to read it like la 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 la. So I do put in a little theatrics to it because I, again, kind of as I'm talking now, really want to be able to get the listeners to understand the emotions of these words and express them outward. So it's actually a compliment for you to say, hey, am I listening to an audiobook or what is this? Because, you know, that's, I do that as well when I have time, but I don't want it to be distracting. And I do have music in the background just because I'm a music lover, I guess you could say, since I could talk, I've been singing and music is my life and music can really add emotion to things. And so, I mean, even when you watch a movie, right, if you're watching a horror movie and you're just waiting for something to happen, you know, somebody's going to jump out you're kind of prepared. But when it's the music back there, it gives you that extra emotion of Oh, my God, is this going to happen? So those are kind of my goals is to kind of have music that kind of goes along with the story, at least from my perspective of where I'm coming from. So and to answer your questions, is it just about sharing stories, giving people support and advice analyzing? So if you have been listening to my podcast and you're a fairly new listener, if you go back to episodes two and three, I share my own stories. And the purpose of why I started this podcast was because when I was being unfaithful and doing the things that I was doing, you, I felt very alone. I felt like I had nobody that could understand. Everybody would judge me. I made these choices. I knew I was going to have to live with them. But it's not exactly something you talk over dinner with, with a friend or, you know, your in-laws or whatever. Hey, you know, I've been, no, you don't. And so you have all these confusing emotions bundled up. You know what you're doing is wrong, but maybe you can't stop it. Maybe you just won't admit you're miserable at home with your spouse. And so you feel you love your spouse still, but you're very vulnerable because you feel emotionally alone. And you want to be with this person. You've tried to explain to your spouse that something's not right, but it's getting pushed away in a lot of cases. Or the other person just is like, you're crazy. I don't understand what you're talking about. 
you're vulnerable, someone enters into your life at that wrong moment and you're weak and you fall. And I'm not saying it's an excuse because me, myself, and any of these other women that write these stories, we consciously made that decision. Nobody forced us to do it. In life, we all make decisions and we try to at least most of our decisions are not peer pressure at this time in our lives as being adults. Um, but we choose to do things and we also choose then to know that we have major consequences. And so this podcast is based on these stories and reaching women. And I have reached people across the world. It just blows me away when I see people on my website. Um, I'm trying to remember, I had somebody from, oh, well, yeah, I'll get people from Mexico, but somebody will log on from Norway, or somebody will log on from um, Australia. I've got a lot of people in Australia, or even in the Middle East. I mean, it just blows me away where my listeners are. But they come here because they've been doing something, and they need to just kind of, in their own mind, feel it for themselves and understand, know they're not alone, know these decisions that I've made are not good. How are other people dealing with this and getting through? So that is what this is all about. So hopefully this has answered your questions. Normally, I don't go on and on about reviews like this, but I just found your review very intriguing almost. And I wanted to reach out to you and respond. So again, thank you. And um, I'm actually the the voice type actress voice. I'm actually going to take that as a compliment. <laughs> Just playing with you. I grew up raised by a single mother, and I had an aunt and grandparents. My mom refused to tell me who my father ever was, which caused me to always seek male attention and not be able to trust males as much. I got everything and anything I wanted. Spoiled rotten. I did an ancestry DNA and I found out I had a dad who was told to me was an amazing friend and caring person, but unfortunately fell into the wrong crowd which enabled him to use numerous drugs. It ultimately led to his demise at the age of 55. However, I learned that I have a brother and let me tell you that guy has shown me so much love in so many ways. He has had some setbacks as well with the drug scene, but he's completely transformed himself and is honestly one of the best things that has ever happened to me. We talk daily and he knows everything about the affair. So I hope to work with him daily to get through this dark part in my life and reform into the kind-hearted person I used to be. I was totally boy crazy. I had a boyfriend in preschool. I always had to have a boyfriend, and it started early. Also, I jumped from one guy to another guy, never single, ever. I only had sex with three people until I started these affairs. I ended up cheating on two of the three guys I have been with. How I Met My Husband I was a young, wild, and free 21-year-old girl on a cruise with one of my best friends at the time. And at that time, I did have a boyfriend who I had been living with for three years at my home. We were in love, at least, I thought. 
The first night of this cruise, I met a hot-as-fuck guy from California. We talked, but didn't hit it off much. He actually had sex with another girl at the table that night. Day two, we were at the same dining table, and we locked eyes. And it was instant. Love at first sight, or should I say second? But what did I know? A hot little girl from Connecticut with a big California boy. Who would have ever thought it would work out? Well, it did. He moved here from California within a year and we were head over heels in love. Before we knew it, we were engaged at 24 and married at 26. Now, here I am at age 38. A little background on myself. I got my doctorate and I'm successful. I'm a doctor nurse. I have a beautiful home with three kids. I have a loving husband and we basically have everything. But yet, here I am, a part of a group I never thought or wanted to be in. My husband is 42. He is a successful businessman and he does very well. He grew up in a nuclear family and is not close with his sisters at all. They are all very reserved and absolutely boring, very non-sexual. Hence, why we only have missionary sex. However, I would say our marriage is actually pretty awesome. We travel monthly and we have fun together. We have sex multiple times a week. We live a life of luxury, but something is missing. I am bored, lonely. I have severe ADHD and always want to do more and more and more. It's honestly terrible. And my sex life, well, it's, it's okay, but I've decided I want to be 50 shaded and dominated in bed. I am in control of every single aspect of my home and work, and for once, I want someone else to be in control. So here I am. I have been with my husband since age 21. Now I'm 38, and three kids later. I was truly in love with this man, and never really went looking for an affair, ever. Well, I went to the casino with two girlfriends, again, just to have fun. I walked into a lounge, and there was this beautiful, hot-as-fuck dude. He literally locked his eyes with mine. My friend asked him a question, and he didn't even answer or hear anything. He literally whisked me away out of the club into a separate bar. We talked. We made out hooked up. We will call him Mark. Then he said, let's get out of here. And he 50 shaded me in a stairwell. No sex, but everything else to me. Oh my God. It was like from a movie. Best sexual night of my life. We exchanged numbers and he texted me the next day. Honestly, I looked into his eyes and I felt safe. He was the most beautiful guy I had ever seen. He was charming and honestly dominant, but not like rape dominant, just forward. He made me feel like an angel. I thought about my husband and I felt terrible the night I did it, but then I couldn't stop. Mark does foreplay and oral sex and fingered me to the point of where I will orgasm instantly. I've never had a sexual connection with someone ever like this. 
With intercourse, he'll finish in two minutes, but it's everything else, fingering and oral, and I will orgasm continually, and it's the best ever. We have an emotional connection. He tells me he loves me. However, the second time we hooked up, he told me, don't fall in love now. I'm like, oh my God, what? Honestly, I couldn't stop thinking about him from the moment I met him. He lied and told me he was divorced with kids. I found out later he was married, but he said he was miserable and only there for his kids, but who knows how true it is. And why lie about being married if I'm married? No idea why to do that. Swears he has never had another affair, but who knows. But I'm nowhere to judge at this point. I admit that I'm lonely and bored. I need constant thrills. It's sick. I'm sick. This is with everything I do. I am a thrill seeker. I have even tried to hook up with other guys to get Mark out of my mind. It works a little, but not well enough. I've never been like this. I don't have a lot of sexual experience. But with Mark, it's emotional. Like, I love that dude. I would do anything for him. So, we've talked almost daily the last few months. He told me he loves me and wants to marry me and wants me to have his baby. At first I was scared. I love my husband, but I feel like I'm starting to fall for him. I then say to myself, he likely only wants to be laid. But honestly, we've only had sex twice over a few months. Then I feel like I love him more than he loves me. However, he is a guy and they are wired differently. He seems like he would like to sleep with many chicks, but honestly, he is pussy whipped by his wife and he seems terrified. And he swears he's in a sexless marriage and then admitted that he sees his wife as yucky. I mean, I saw a picture. I wouldn't be having sex with her either, I'm just saying. I got drunk in New Orleans with my husband and I texted him nonstop and called him. Boom, his wife found out. So then he said he has to no longer talk to me. I've been crushed. It's like a breakup. I've been crying upset. He sent me a text two days later and said hi, and that he wanted to tell me hi, and that he missed me. That is the oddest thing, and honestly, I know that the right thing to do is to run far, far away, but I can't. I'm addicted to this dude. Mark is 42, married for 14 years with two kids. A successful businessman who was raised in the Catholic Church and grew up in a divorced home. His dad left when he was around two, and he gained the best stepdad, a six-year-old whom he considers his real dad. His wife does not work, and he is the sole provider. He says he will stay in the marriage for his children, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. He also states that he told his mom, brother, and two close friends, and they are happy for him. Stated that this is the happiest they've ever seen him. He has severe anxiety. He is pussy whipped. He admitted to having sex once every four months with his wife. 
I mean, telling your family and friends about us and then telling me he can't leave his wife because he is terrified of what people will think of him? He is like a woman. He told his mom about us. It's insane. I do think men will lie, but who would ever say this? I think that if I met Mark before my husband, I would have married him within the month. Funny thing is, he will say the same thing about me. Thank you, Erica, for sharing your story. And I know that um, you and I talked quite a bit, especially about the ADHD. And so I kind of want to talk about on here um, my thoughts about it. So just my little addition to this was my thoughts with thrill seekers and thrill seeking. And this is about me personally. I am, I am AHAD. I can't even, I didn't even know how to write this out, right? <laughs> I am as well. I have ADHD and I went through the same thing starting in my mid thirties. And one therapist told me that I was an excitement junkie. It was my first appointment with her. You know, that really kind of upset me. And I think there are better ways to put it, such as people who have personalities that need excitement on the go. Struggling with sitting still or just doing nothing tends to find ways of fulfilling the boredom, which can indeed lead to being in a situation such as this. It happened. Maybe for others, it's gambling or drinking or watching porn, masturbating. My point is we're not junkies. <laughs> we are born this way and we have to figure out how to manage these downtimes. And it takes a lot of work and commitment to yourself and your partner. And as I can look back on my own history, there were so many different layers of things in my marriage. Of course, I loved the man. I mean, I had a child with him. I loved my children. I had a house. I had those material things. But once I got a taste of that excitement, because I was easily bored, I'm not a person who can just sit down and read a book or sit down and watch TV for more than a half hour. I have to get up and move unless I'm laying in bed half asleep. Um, and... I just needed to feel that constant thrill, that chase, that something to look forward to. And I remember, and I think Erica, you and I even talked a little bit more about it. Um, but I remember one therapist that I sat down with and I said, I look at all these people out there and they seem like they're so content with their life. And I knew I was so non or un or in, you know, I was not content with what I had, you know, and I wasn't thinking about my kids. Um, that was wrong of me. And I paid for that. And in my own heart and soul, I'm still paying for it. Um, but I've talked about that. That's something else. But um, I wondered what it would be like to feel contentment. Well, I learned once I got out of the marriage I learned and found that contentment and started doing hobbies, you know, with my sewing or crafting, you know, then on to podcasting. And I'm not saying that um, it's doing, I'm doing this to prevent myself from cheating. And I had explained that in a past episode and a listener voiced their concern and disappointment in me because I said something about that when I was just being honest but I do like to keep myself busy. It's just who I am. It's just finding the right 
things that are healthier for you to keep you busy rather than the trouble. And I am able, thankfully, to look back and know that I'm, I was not happy and content, but I am now. I mean, I, I look at my Marine and I think, oh my God, I could never, uh uh-uh. And I'm sitting here recording this, looking at him as he's got his headphones on, (laughs) on his laptop, being quiet, not listening. I couldn't even imagine. I mean, I think that that, when you have that fulfillment and you're doing other things that make a difference to you, maybe that makes a difference to others, it helps you fulfill that void. And so it, it does pain me when people call us junkies or excitement junkies. There's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of men and women out there. And I have received a lot of correspondence from men who are addicted to sex because it's more about the chase It's more about that newness, that excitement, and then they move on. And it's not healthy, no. Gambling is not healthy. None of these type of addictive patterns are are healthy for anybody. And um, so I just wanted Erica to know I completely can relate to her on quite a few levels of how she feels or what goes through her mind or seeing herself in certain situations and knowing she can't. And I was about the same age. And so Erica, hopefully you can get yourself into a situation. And I know you love your husband. Um, And reconnect and find that drive that you had with him once before. Have those conversations with him. Let him learn who you are and what you need. And bring that back to your life because it sounds like you guys have so much going for you. And Mark, well, he lied to you from the second you met him. And you probably still struggle to understand where's the truth in his marriage situation. Or again, was he just saying this stuff? And has he done this to other people? Is it a pattern for him? So hopefully... You're able to move past him and get better with your husband. I haven't talked to you in a while, so I would love to learn where things are with you and hope that things are better for you emotionally and that you've been able to let Mark go. I remember the feeling of having that. It is just like a breakup, and it's a very silent one because you cannot tell anybody. You have nobody's shoulder to lean on. You have to figure it out on your own quietly. And that's hard, especially for women. So I hope everything is well. Definitely um, let me know how things are going. And I, I really hope that things can get better for you and your husband in your marriage. On Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity, I share stories of women who have been unfaithful to their spouse or partner. I give them a safe space to be able to explain what happened and why they chose the direction of infidelity. But I also feel it is just as important to understand what the betrayed husband or partner faced when he uncovered the truth. Well, a few months went by and I started hearing rumors. Eventually, her own mother and father told me that they suspected that she was cheating. They said his vehicle would be at my house at all hours. It got so bad that she would argue with me about coming home. 
I needed to stay out and make more money. I knew what was going on. I didn't want to admit it. She was basically wanting me to leave so her boyfriend could move into my $250,000 house. As it turned out, they were having sex on a mattress that was new in my home. While he was there supposedly working on my house. This is everything I found out after they had been sleeping together for a fucking year. His wife actually sent me a text telling me to keep my whore away from her husband. Of course, this had been way before I suspected anything. My own mother-in-law, her mother, told me I should come home unannounced. One Saturday morning around 8 a.m., I came around the curve to my house and what do you know? To my surprise, his truck was in my driveway. I barely remember pulling into the driveway. My adrenaline was pumping. I ran for the back door, and when I stepped into the living room, my wife was barely clothed and she was helping him get his clothes on. To hear exclusive stories of the men's discovery of female infidelity in their relationship, have early access to regular episodes ad-free and more extras, subscribe to my Patreon by visiting my website, rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com. Subscription pledges start as low as only $4 a month. You have been listening to Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity. Your support of Raw Truth Podcasts is truly appreciated. When you visit the website, rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com, you will find the story guides to help form your story, where you can subscribe to Patreon for exclusive episodes, and to vote for the podcast to be in the Hot 50 Countdown for Podcast Magazine. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to my other podcast, Let's Ponder with Rebecca Adams, where taboo topics are discussed. To submit your female infidelity story, share feedback, or have general questions about the show, please email rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com.